more people signed up for Dribble in 2017 than what was it, 2009 to 2015 combined. We're, we're kind of at this inflection point for the company where I, I feel like we're really at the, the infancy of, the, uh, of Dribble, even though it's nearly a decade old. I, I think there's so much room for us to grow and, and to evolve and to, you know, just adding a lot of value back to the, to the design community. This is episode 33 of Overtime, Dribble's official podcast. I'm Dan Cederholm, your host, and today's a very special episode because we get to sit down with the CEO of Dribble himself, Zach Onisco. Uh, it was fun chatting with, with Zach about uh, the future of Dribble and what we've got on the roadmap, his path um, to design and, and eventually uh, becoming CEO here. Uh, it's sort of a rare um, opportunity to talk to the leadership of the company, so I think you're going to really enjoy this one. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Wix.com. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours with Wix. And stay tuned for more about Wix later on in the episode. I also want to again mention uh, Hangtime Seattle. This is Dribble's big uh, one-day event in Seattle on May 15th. Tickets are available uh, at a discounted uh, price right now, so you're going to want to go grab tickets while they're available. We've got quite a schedule planned for Hangtime Seattle. Uh, lots of cool guests and speakers and activities and an after party, and you're going to want to come hear uh, Aaron Droplin speak and uh, Dana Tanamachi and Nathan Yoder and Koi Vin among many others. So just go to dribble.com slash hang time for more info and to get tickets and we'll see you in Seattle. For now, let's get on with our chat with Zach Onisco. Welcome to Overtime, Zach Onisco. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey. How's it going, Dan? <laughs> hey, it's going great, Zach. This is going to be fun because, well, hey, this is like the inside episode, inside, behind. Inside dribble. scoop. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Inside All scoop. Right, let's do it. I think as as uh, CEO of Dribble, um, but like, how did you, like, let's just start with you and your background because I yeah. think, you know, you, you have a lot, your your resume, as, as it were, is, is, is pretty darn long and impressive and Let's hear about like how you how you started and got into design and web stuff and and uh, and then we'll eventually get to dribble yeah. and what you've been doing here lately. But no, I mean I think my story is not you know super unique. I think like a lot of uh, folks, I got sucked in through music. Um, I grew up in in Vacaville, California, Northern California, and my family was very musical. And my dad played guitar and our all our family holidays, you know, my uncles and aunts doing three, four part harmonies and stuff. And, oh, wow. and then I got into, into high school and all my friends were in bands and I was in bands and well, actually something unique. I think making flyers and album artwork was part of it, but I got, uh, I got really into video production in high school. We had this super early, you know, early nineties video toaster, video editing suite at our school. And, uh, 
I used to cut classes and make uh, music videos for all the bands. Uh, and, I, yeah. <laughs> no and one of those bands is uh, is Papa Roach, which is still a pretty big band selling out. Oh my gosh! Okay. These days, uh, you know, twenty what? years later, or whatever. But um, but yeah. So you know, I uh, I, I got into you know design. Ninety six, I got my first computer, which was mine, and, and that was like early internet days and super early. Quickly, just gravitated towards the web. A few years later, I was doing websites for folks, and it, it just kind of like you know went from hobbyist to um, to all of a sudden I was getting paid somewhere along the lines, and and then decided to go back to school to do it. Um, you know, to, to, to get a full degree. I'll, I'll tell you there, there's one watershed moment. Okay. I'll, I'll do two moments. There's yeah. one will involve you. Actually. I, I had this buddy, Barry, who was freelancing successfully, like making like hundreds of dollars. You know, he was, he was really <laughs> doing it right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. I don't even know what year this was, but uh, he came over and, and was working out of our, living room one night and he was showing me this website he was making and this new technology called flash and he had this like uh, you know the screen was moving around and that like really turned me on to to web design i think that was like the one moment where i'm like okay this is what i want to do like seeing this was like this this new way the web could be and then you know after that i just became engulfed with flash and motion graphics and action script and all that stuff. And and I've going back to school and getting my design degree at San Francisco State. And then I was doing some consulting for different agencies and, and startups in San Francisco. Um, and then when I graduated, I was looking for a full-time gig and kind of had this fork in the road. I was either going to go down this agency route. I had a, my foot in the door at a, at a big agency in San Francisco, or there was this other startup called Tickle.com, which was this fast-growing startup. The agency was kind of just kicking the can down the road and and wasn't making an offer. So I ended up taking the offer at Tickle, which was like this amazing experience for me as a designer. Um, I I was hired to be a designer on the marketing team, which at the time they were spending, you know, a million to $2 million a month in in paid marketing. And I, I had to design for, uh, design around data and, and conversion and, you know, quickly learned, you know, how to be a data-driven designer. And that kind of started my my path in, into what was, you know, what is now this growth moniker. But it's really just I wanted to make an impact on the business through product design and through um, just creating things for end users and, and, you know, millions of end users, which is something that was that was really cool and new to me was having that statistical significance and, and being able to look at, a macro signal of okay, lots of people are gravitating towards this one thing. That's not my, that wasn't my original assumption, but this is really cool that you know this thing is actually working. Yeah, growth. I mean, that, that that's 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 awesome that you you latched onto that. You know, like early on. Well, in a way. I, I think it was out, out of um, oh uh, the other story I was going to tell you was that you know at Tickle we got your book. Uh, which, I, which I still <laughs> had somewhere. I'm so sorry, but uh, but no, that that was like I, I remember cause the design team and the, the front end developers all sat in the same area of the office, and someone bought like a, a case of the books and, and passed one out to everyone. 
Wow. And I was like, all right, guys, no more inline styles, really? no more, you know, dance hero. He's writing the rules. <laughs> the right way to do it. That's um, crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, the case of the book. Um, yeah. That's where that, that's where the yeah. royalties came. There's like, there's like, uh, that that's awesome man that's cool i mean that you know that in that time would did 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 it did it help though did it help it help the team uh yeah i mean i think look at mark yeah no i think we got really serious after that and and you know kind of scrapped i think we even had to like get rid of some people who weren't uh playing by our new rules (laughs) um but uh but yeah i mean it, it it i think that was that was definitely a change. That was like 2004. 2004. Yeah. 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 Long time ago. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Long time ago. A lot of changes. But yeah, no, I was going to say that, you know, I, the, the path to, to growth was actually, it was a, it was a path to product management, which back then mm. I was doing a lot of visual design and it was coming at the end of the product development cycle, which I wasn't super, you know, the, I was basically just putting, you know, tasked to make the the product pretty, where the product's actually designed and built in engineering. And I wanted to have more of the design of the actual product experience. And I saw that the that the product manager was was actually calling a lot of the shots. And so that's where my you know I made a move at that company from a design role into a PM role, and then and then a part of that. PM responsibility is is measuring the success of of the features that you're rolling out, and that's where I really got into like, you know, analytics and A/B testing and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and that's and that's like a skill set you you took to to other companies after that, right? Yeah. So after Tickle, uh, so we were acquired by Monster.com. Oh yeah, yeah. Ended up staying there for a couple of years while one of Tickle's co-founders. I don't know. He was like 30 and he's like, I'm retired. I'm going to go travel the world. And he showed up a year later and he's like, I'm bored. Let's start a company. (laughs) So we started a company that was originally, we wanted to be kind of the, it was an affinity network around music. It's called My Rockstar. And then we changed the name of that to Superfan. But it was like this affinity network where you liked all the thing, all the music and, and celebrities and sports and things that you you know, back in the day, you'd go to a friend's house and look at their CD collection that kind of painted a picture of their personality. Um, so we we're trying to create that for the web. It didn't work out. It, <laughs> we we tried for for a couple of years and, and couldn't get it. But we we pivoted and created a professional networking app called Branch Out. That was built on top of the Facebook platform. Yes. Right. And that's when we really took o- took on this like growth moniker was. Because Facebook at the time, they had a growth team. And so we were talking like, hey, we should probably have a growth team too. And just kind of double down and, and focus on this virality thing that was another buzzword at the time. And um, and yeah, and, and that focus actually worked. And we signed up like 30 million people in 90 days or something. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that was nuts. Um, was Facebook sort of a, a factor there? Oh yeah, yeah. In, in terms of getting that many signups, or? yeah, we um, we ended up raising money a Series A from Excel, which was Facebook's early investor, and so we had some intros, and so we were getting like early APIs and really, really kind of cutting the edge of their API and experimenting on stuff, and 
we were able to, you know, kind of take advantage of an early endpoint that was released and, and it, yeah, it just, it just caught on fire and, and took off and wow. we ended up raising a lot of money. And, uh, but at that point I'd been at the company for five years and I was kind of looking for my next thing. I was planning to, to leave branch out to start a marketplace around stock photos. Ah. And then I met the, I met the guys at Creative Market, and and they had just come out of uh, YC the year before. And they're, you know, I met Bubs, the CEO, for coffee in the Mission District, and he had just had his first daughter, and I just had my first daughter. It was supposed to be like a half hour meeting. I think we hung out there for you know an hour and a half, just just chatting about family and stuff like that. And and then I think the next morning he sent me an email. He's like, Hey, we're having a team trip in Hawaii. So if you want a free trip to want a free trip to Hawaii, you know, sign this offer letter. And so I <laughs> I joined them and and that it's was a an pretty awesome. good um yeah. enticing uh, option offer yeah. there. <laughs> it's hard to say, hard to say no to that, really. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a fun <laughs> trip. Um yeah. yeah so I, I joined up at Creative Market and and somewhere along that journey is, you know, when I you know, met you guys, you you and Rich, and uh, you know we're doing the parties at South by Southwest. We did some some stuff together in San Francisco, and yeah, and obviously as we we're building the creative market community, Dribble was really the case study for you know this is how you build a design community, right? And and we really followed a lot of you know your guys' lead as we built out that product and that community and <laughs> we, we we looked at creative market a lot for things too yeah, it's, funny. it's funny yeah <laughs> right because yeah, so i think we had similar from an even from an interface perspective we had sort of yeah. similarities and i think that was help, it was always helpful to see what you guys are doing uh, yeah it's well those similarities were because we're we we're biting dribble so <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, anyway so you know creative market was was a you know our first year out the gate was like this crazy had crazy growth and and had some great success uh, and uh, and it caught wind of of Autodesk and we ended up taking an offer to to join them and I spent the next two or three years at Autodesk and we continued to grow double digit month over month and wow and today wow. those guys actually spun out of Autodesk and they're uh, they're an independent startup again which is which is amazing and you know still good friends with those guys and yeah super happy for them because they're they're crushing it. Yeah, we. I mean, creative market, and when, you know, especially when you were there, and th- those were we had a a great uh, partnership yeah. going. I felt like we we're so, trying to solve similar, similar problems, similar community, and all that stuff. And yeah, it was just it was a good time. And, and you, you mentioned doubling the growth month over month. What do you? What was the secret there? How did you? How, how did that uh, happen? We had a few things going on. Um, you know, Aaron. And and Jaron had a had a great early launch strategy, so it took them nine months or a year to build the initial marketplace before launch. But um, they had a splash page up, and and Creative Market spun out of Color Lovers. If you remember that site from from back in the day, yeah, um, so Bob's ran that yeah. for almost a decade. Um, I think he might actually own it again. <laughs> it's hard to keep up. But yeah, so we had this this color lovers community that we you know initially invited to Creative Market, but there was nothing there except a splash page. Um, and the first thing was like you know sign up and we'll give you five dollars in in free credit. Then we tried like you know get five dollars in free credit, and then you could like give your friend five dollars in free credit. And we tried a bunch of different things, and 
you know, it, it was like subtly growing over over time pre-launch. And then we tried this thing with uh, bundling a bunch of free design assets together into uh, into a bundle. And that was like an inflection point. So once we gave away that big bundle, I think at launch, there was like 80,000 people signed up before there was actually even a product launched. And so that was a, a carrot that we used to go back to the designers who were creating assets and saying like, hey, if you want to try opening up a shop on Creative Market, there's like 80,000 customers ready to go. Yeah. And so out the gate, that was kind of, you know, day one, we were making revenue and it kind of just grew um, organically. And then, you know, my team, you know, we had somebody focused on SEO and somebody focused on content marketing. Content marketing was a huge driver. We started to experiment with just writing about design uh, various design content on our blog and um, and the blog itself in creative market is now you know a super popular design blog that's uh, but you know investing in email all all the all the typical channels we we kind of doubled down and built brought brought hired an owner to kind of own that channel to to optimize it and and get it cranking it's amazing yeah he he did an awesome job i mean you know, from there, I believe you went went on to Hired.com, right? Yeah. Before, before taking over the helm here, yeah. and I, I, you know, I want to, I want to get into to to dribble stuff because, well, because it's overtime, first of all, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's a rare opportunity here with we've got the CEO on the mic. So Dribble was acquired by Tiny uh, back in January of last year. So, um, and you know, we were a tiny team seven seven people, seven or eight people. Um, and you know, you were brought on for you know right after that as uh, as CEO. And now, I mean, what look at the difference between <laughs> then and now, right? In terms of the company and what we're doing and all that. And, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to, well, I want to take a minute for have you kind of tout kind of what, what has been accomplished since then, because it's kind of amazing. Uh, and the company, the company's in a very different place than it was over a year ago. And, and that's, uh, because of your leadership. So I, I you know, let, let's hear about what's changed over the last year. First and foremost, I'm just super, I just feel so fortunate to be able to have this position you know, I, I look at Dribble as just this this amazing design community. You know, we've talked about acquisition metrics, and you know, we have like a ton of traffic, and there's so many amazing designers on on Dribble already. Uh, so our job is really just to you know add more value back to the community, and if we're successful at that, then you know all the other you know numbers go up with it. And so you know, looking back in the last year, that's yeah, that's totally. really what what's happened. Um, you know, my job is, is, you know, to come in and, and put strategy in place and, and ultimately to evolve the company from a small business to, to a scalable company. And I think we've done that, you know, we've tripled the size of the, the team. I think we're at 30 people now we're eight, um, a year ago, January, we mm. have more than doubled year over year revenue. We've more than doubled, you know, user registration, more people signed up for dribble in 2017 than, what was it, 2009 to 2015 combined? So it's, we're kind of at yeah. this inflection point for the company where I, I feel like we're really at the, the infancy of the, 
of, of dribble, even though it's nearly a decade old. I, I think there's so much room for us to grow and, and to evolve and to, you know, just adding a lot of value back to the to the design community. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. It's kind of funny. I've kind of always felt that way about <laughs> Triple too. It's like every year seems like it's the infancy and there's so much um, so much room for, for growth. And maybe that's partially because the of the invitation nature of, of, of the community that has been in place and, and that that's contributed to sort of slow, intentional, slow growth on that side of things. But, you know, I finally, I finally feel like we have, we have the resources and people in place, you know, to really ensure that the quality of, of stuff is, can remain while we grow, you know, yeah. which is cool. I mean, you know, we talked about this before, like we're, yeah. you know, you guys are never short on great ideas. Like there's this kind of endless list of ideas and, and cool things we can do. Yeah. Just having a team in place yeah, to yeah. execute on those ideas. And so that's what, you know, that's really, you know, I think the secret of the sauce of last year is that we just brought in some, yeah. some great people to help us, you know, kind of focus. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and they're all remote. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty cool, right? This week's episode is brought to you by Wix.com. With Wix, the web is your playground. Start with a blank slate and design your website in any layout you want. Work with advanced features like retina-ready image galleries, custom font sets, and sophisticated design effects. Each feature is intuitive to use, so you're in control from design to live. With Wix, you'll have real creative freedom to tell your story online exactly the way you've envisioned it. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours. Go to Wix.com slash dribble to get started today. That's W-I-X.com slash dribble. Wix, what will you create? I know you're a big fan of, of remote work. Let's talk about that, too, because that's been, you know, it has its challenges and stuff. But, you know, it's been a, a big success in terms of finding talent yeah i mean it's it's been a, a game changer for me personally uh and professionally really a lot of startups get caught up in in the silicon valley cycle of you know you go raise money you move the company to san francisco that's where the talent is right you know right. you're going to pay 3x the national average um to to hire people um loyalty is not great because people are, it's just easy for people to just like skip and move to the next startup and, you know, ask for a 10% bump. And, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, there's a lot of cons. My, the, the company is that previously we, we shared the same office building with Uber and square. And I think we were paying like $220,000 a month or something for rent. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and we had, you know, a third of the company was remote or, or at least in, in, you know, distributed offices. And so we'd all like scramble to get into a conference room we just, and then everyone just pops up their, open their laptops and, and hops on Zoom. You know, we're all using Slack. <laughs> and from the same so, location, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, beyond just like the the cost savings for running a business, which is important, you know, especially for a company like ours, which is you know, still bootstrapped and, and we're running a profitable operation, which is also rare in Silicon Valley. Yeah, sure. You know, for, for me, it, it means, you know, I get more time with my kids. 
you know, I can take my kids to school and I come back, you know, can just go into my the home office off to the side of the house. Um, so I can kind of separate home life from, from work life. But, uh, but I also can start the day where my head's fresh in the morning, a good night's sleep. You know, I come up with crazy ideas in the shower and I just can go <laughs> to my desk. Hopefully I dry off first. It's a little weird. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a total game changer. And then what I've seen from the team, you know, our, our distributed team is that we're just so much more efficient and effective and we can get so much more done by giving folks that freedom in their life. And, you know, the, the culture that we have at Dribble is, is pretty amazing that, you know, somebody needs to go and, you know, go to the grocery store or they need to go run to the post office box or, or whatever they need to do during the day. Like they just let, you know, in Slack, we just give a heads up and it's totally cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's invaluable. That's, that's invaluable to me. Yeah. It's it's just like, that's what working on the internet should be. Yeah. Like that's, that's the dream. Right. Yeah. And that's, it, it's sad that it's taken me 20 years to get to this realization that, <laughs> you know, you can work from a, a beach in Bali, you know, our head of product, Sarah is going to Bali in June to go do that. Yeah. So, um, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's really the future of the way that, that, uh, companies are going to work. Matt Mullenweg from automatic, which, you know, his team is like five or 600 people fully remote. He has a quote where he says, you know, um, you know, it might not be the Googles or, or the Facebooks will be hundred percent remote one day, but the, the companies that will replace them will be. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, the next generation of, yeah, I don't doubt so it. I don't doubt it. It's where we're headed. Yeah. yeah. I, to me, it seems like it's this culmination of technology that's gotten to a point where, you know, video conferencing is stable yeah. and and then tools like Slack and, and just working. Yeah, what we're working on doesn't really require being in the same room a lot of times because it's we're working on screens. And um, and just that I, I agree with you with with the lifestyle advantages just it's incredible and i couldn't i couldn't imagine going back to having to go somewhere um each day and and losing that you know 2 hours at least or of commuting and and, right. and or just yeah. Not, yeah not being able like look i got a i got a doctor's appointment or i, I want to go to my kids school presentation or something and i think that yeah. that's just you can't you can't replace that, you know? I think that's the key piece for me and, and you know, especially our team, a lot of our, our teammates have families. And for me, yeah. So my previous role, you know, I was working 10 hour days plus the, the hour commute each way, you know, that's right. most, I wasn't even seeing my family, yeah. you know, for that, for that job. And, you know, I'm the provider and keeping the lights on and all that stuff is important, but yeah. yeah. We don't, you don't have to live that pattern. You know, you can, you right. can find another way. And so yeah. anyway, I, I'm, I'm super grateful that, that we have built this remote culture for Dribble and, yeah. uh, and we'll continue to, to invest in that. Uh, I agree totally. And, um, and we are hiring. We are hiring. <laughs> Little plug there. Right. So check out, yeah. check out our careers page. Yeah, well, in, in a broader sense, I mean, you know, Dribble itself is, is, 
helping freelancers get get work and landing people at full time jobs and and that type yeah. of thing. I mean, and we've sort of over the last year we we've grown. We set up a team, and now like we could talk a little bit about like what's coming up for Dribble without giving away too much secret stuff, obviously. But like, um, yeah, we could let the listeners know about what's what's on the horizon uh, for stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's not too much secret stuff, but uh, actually, you're right. there's it's a true. lot that we're working on. Right? Like, there's, there's, so, there's so much going on right now, which is really, really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. From kind of taking that that three to five year lens, um, you know, we've talked about the vision for the company, and and one of the things we did this year is we we created a mission statement, we created company value statements, and, and a vision statement, and you know, so our our mission is to build the world's best platform for designers and creative professionals to gain inspiration, feedback, and education, and community, and ultimately job opportunities. And there's a lot of ways that we can go about doing that. And what we've identified are like these four main buckets uh, to help us get there. The first one is is hiring solutions, so helping designers find work they love, community growth, so continuing to to grow our community and, and being more inclusive. Creative portfolios, so you know, kind of show and tell 2.0. Dribble is, you know, the, you, you've talked about the constraint of the shot and, and how valuable that is. Um, but there's also, you know, we get a lot of feedback from the community that it's it's also that constraint is also limiting in how much uh, the shot and, and the user profile does to showcase and storytell the, the process, like the, right. the entire project. Right. Like, exactly. You know, yep. We we have the feature of uh, you know projects and our pro subscription and we have playbook and we have you know there's there's a bunch of uh, really cool features that we were released kind of v one features of and and over the next year or two we're we're really going to spend some time to invest in making that creative portfolio experience um, awesome and yes um, I'm super excited yeah. about that. Shot size. Can we talk about shot size? Yeah, let's talk a- about shot size. Yeah, the eight hundred by six hundred is is now probably a bit dated. So you know, we're probably making investments there. Yes. The animated GIF is a is a heavy file format. So there's some lighter video files we could probably look at investing in. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things have always grown from the community, and like yeah, they've kind of pave the cow paths or we're just paving the cow paths like with the shot size going to 800 for retina screens and then mm-hmm. people uploading gifts and sort of deciding to properly properly support those but then it's not an ideal <laughs> um format for for a lot of motion stuff that people are, are sharing so I, i'm excited to to do that to cover the stuff that you just mentioned to make it easier for the community to share those different types of work that's out there now. Um, so yeah. we, we sort of have to evolve along with the evolution of screen design, I guess. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm super excited for that stuff. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. of what else, what else is on the horizon there. Feedback. Oh, feedback. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. Without, without, I guess, giving away what we're going to do there, but, uh, that's also something we hear from the the community quite a bit is is the you know comments can be trivial and so how can we you know better build a trusted circle for designers to share their work with with peers who they trust and and who they want to get more actionable critique mm-hmm. and, and 
Awesome work, Zach. Yeah. Nice. Nice colors. Nice colors. Nice colors. Nice colors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, we can, we can, there's a lot of improvements we can do. There. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so lots, lots of really cool stuff coming there. We are actively working uh, with select folks in the community, getting feedback. We want to, we're going to be building kind of a, a panel so that we can start to push some of these product ideas to the community early, get get feedback and, and iterate for you know opening it up to everyone. So lots of really cool stuff happening on the on the portfolio side. Yeah. And the fourth bucket is education. You know, I think that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a big one for us. That um, you know, I don't I don't think we really have a game plan there, and it's probably a couple of years down the road before we tackle it. But uh, you know, helping up and coming designers learn and improve their craft is something that you know I think is core to to dribble and we have we have so many awesome designers today uh but there's this whole new you know wave of people coming up who um you know could use mentorship or tips and tutorials and tricks and you know however we we want to kind of approach that whether it's well anyway big opportunity for education totally and i and i I think it goes along with you know just us helping designers along their career, whether it's getting a job or learning a skill or connecting with people or, you know, that kind of thing. You know, and speaking of, I mean, landing a job, you know, we've got a, a lot of um, initiatives in that, in that realm too. Um, and, a, and a pretty big, pretty big launch coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, last winter we, we launched uh, scout, which was um, just a rebrand and additional features of, you know, the pro subscription that was marketed to non-designers right, we decided right. to make pro, you know, a subscri- subscription just for designers. And then we rebranded Scout and got a lot of, uh, a lot of good feedback on, on that launch. And, um, so over the last, you know, six months or so, we, we've definitely gone back to the drawing board and, you know, have some ideas for, um, for that feature. We'll actually, we'll be, winding down uh at least the brand scout pretty soon here and uh and it'll still be a, a designer search function but it'll be part of a dribble hiring product which includes the job board and so that's coming up and we're really excited about that we've got a lot of good feedback from a lot of our top job posters yeah yep a lot of improvements to the job board itself and, and make that uh more enhanced and looking about ways that we can tie team profiles back to job listings and so some really cool stuff coming there and then yeah, crew crew was you know a marketplace that we we acquired uh, last year, and uh, we spent the last you know probably six months or so rebuilding that from the ground up. It was it was PHP previously, and we rebuilt it in Rails, and and so yeah, so m- more news on crew uh, probably end of May June, but uh, we're really excited about about that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's like a, it, it's going to be. Um... It's going to be awesome. The, the the team here at Dribble that's that's creating crew and and revamping the entire thing. It's it's exciting. It's going to be going to be much more on that this spring and summer. Yeah, so much stuff to do and things to improve. And we just acquired I, the Android I, app Ripple. That's another one too. That's right. So Android fans, don't worry. We we love you too. We we listen and we react. <laughs> So just keep asking, <laughs> keep asking us for stuff, and we'll we'll just go and build it. It's, well, that's really so. That's awesome. I mean, I, I think with the you know the iOS app 
we acquired um, Ballin, which was uh, mm-hmm. Devin Ross, who's uh, a mad genius with iOS design. And and now we've acquired Ripple, which was the top Android mm-hmm. version of, of uh, a Dribble. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about that, too, in terms of platform. Just getting more people to be able to use Dribble more efficiently is going to be super cool. There's, yeah. So there's a there's a quote you were interviewed by Nasdaq actually. Mm-hmm. I thought this was really awesome. I know it resonated with a lot of the team too. You know, in terms of um, the type of leader you are and the type of entrepreneur you are and all that stuff. And yeah, I think the question was about like what do you what do you want your legacy to be? And you said. I'm humbly and professionally aspire to be nice to people <laughs> and to be contrarian to the norm. And I, I just think that's uh, that was so refreshing to hear. And especially as, as someone uh, working for Dribble, and I know other the other employees appreciated that too. I think that's super rare that you'd hear a CEO say that. <laughs> but I wonder if you could elaborate a little bit, like. Well, on your style, I guess, as a as a CEO, the 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 role of a CEO is really just the the maestro. You know, it's it's a lot of CEOs take a lot of credit for their team, and you know, it's really all about the team. I would have no success in my career if I hadn't worked with these amazing, super talented people along the way. So, yeah, you know, that's what that's about. And and there's a lot of decisions made for legacy reasons or for fame and for other reasons in Silicon Valley. And I just try to stay away from that kind of stuff and, uh, and just focus on the, the company and, and, you know, building something that we're proud of. And, you know, ultimately our job is to support the design community. And, and, and my job is to support our internal team so that they can support the design community. And, you know, that's, that's really the name of the game. Yeah. Well, that's super awesome though. I, th- I think, we're, we're super fortunate to have, have you on board. So we have uh, video meetings frequently because we're a remote team. And um, I'm always impressed with your office because you have like multiple guitars hanging behind your head. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like show posters and stuff. So yeah, so music music was a big a part of, of your creative life, right? Yeah, you know, I, I wish I played... As often as as I would like to, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was. Uh, I actually grew up playing drums, and then in college, I got I really. Into- I, I did too. This is crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was. I was. You know, I played percussion in, in the orchestra and played jazz band. Yeah. And yeah. Played, you know, heavy metal drums and uh, <laughs> you know evolved to guitar along the way in high school and was in some some punk and weird like. Uh, ska slash metal slash just terrible music oh, yeah. um, but uh back then it was a lot of fun yeah um, but yeah so now i now i have a bunch of guitars my dad passed away a few years ago and he was this amazing uh guitar player and collector and mm-hmm. um so a lot of a lot of the posters that we have on the wall were like autographed by like neil young and joe walsh and oh wow uh cream and the grateful dead and Led Zeppelin. so yeah it's, it's a cool little uh it's a cool little setup. And I have my wow. my home office. That's kind of the the jam room. That's my my man cave or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, Stephen uh, from Envision has just got a, a green screen in his home office, 
and now I'm I'm kind of motivated to to take the guitars off the wall and paint the wall green so I can do different, you know, I could be I could work from the Great Wall of China, from the pyramids of Giza. <laughs> yeah. Now that's that's the way <laughs> possibility that's the way to that's so. the way to do remote remote uh video conferencing. Now, how does that I mean just to nerd out on that a little bit, how does that how does that work with um It's built into Zoom. Oh, it's built into Zoom. Oh, yeah. that's even better. That's, yeah. That makes it easier. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right, I have a green screen actually. And, yeah. Um, it's it's going to happen. I think this weekend it's going to happen. Wow. Okay, that's amazing. You got to have fun with it's like decorating your cubicle if you were in an office or something, right? Uh, yeah. Do you do do you use a standing desk or a sitting desk? I have a a sitting desk. I it's a okay. very heavy mid-century desk that I picked up that um that I I probably should have a standing desk but this thing is uh it would take too much energy to get it out of my office so I'm just <laughs> put still put stilts on it and everything. Yeah. Uh I you know I, people are going to standing desk I'm not sure why I'm going on this topic but we could always remove this but <laughs> uh, I remember I was working at a dot com company in like the late 90s and it was a cubicle farm and I would come in in the morning and there'd be one guy in the middle of the cubicle farm kind of standing in the corner of his, standing up in the corner of his cubicle, kind of looking down in the corner of it. And I, every day I would come in and I would see him and I, I would, I'd be like, what, what is going on there? What is he doing? Is he meditating, you know, in the morning or, and then finally, <laughs> finally I investigated and he, he had standing desks. <laughs> But at the time, I, I didn't even know that that was an option or it existed. Um, he was really pioneering at that point. And, uh, but now it's, it's so common. Yeah. Well, the next level is the treadmill desks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I need and that. The, the next level after that, this guy at, at Autodesk, when we worked over there, he built uh, a hamster wheel desk. <laughs> no way. For real? So it was like this, I'll just have to send you a, a photo, but it's this, you know, giant wooden circle that he put on you know in this rig with a desk in the middle and so he, he just would walk and it would turn and yeah that's incredible <laughs> or the the ones that you can uh it's like a recliner almost but the screen and the keyboard is built into the chair and you can kind of go back like you're yeah you need to suspend from a ceiling yeah. like that's yeah, that's yeah. when you know you've made, you've it, made it is when you yeah no pressure point anywhere on your body the whole you know that's right. I think you know the, the thing. I that then you're working too much. I think right. If you need to, yeah. do that, if you need to get up and move around, and and when you're a remote worker, you you can do that. When you're a remote worker, you can have a a Vox half stack in your office and and turn up to eleven and not bother your your. <laughs> Isn't that cool though? I mean, I yeah, I want to go back to the the, the instruments like in your office because I think. I, I have the same thing. I have like a you know guitar set up in here, and, and you have a drum set in there too, right? Yeah, I have a drum set exactly. And I, you would never be able to do that in a in an office. I mean, there. I guess there's. I can remember visiting. I think it was Dropbox, and they had yeah. like a. Um, this was years ago, but they had a recording studio like in the in the office, and people could go in. Yeah. And I thought that that's incredible. But I think even better is having it right next to you so that you can like, if you get, you just need a break, a mental break, you can just literally turn around, pick up the guitar and 
I imagine that's that's what you do over there as well. It's it's honestly like I don't I don't play in bands anymore or really even you know get too serious about it these days. But it's such an emotional release just to go you know yeah grab an instrument and and you know jam out for a little bit and and do a little fiddling. Uh, totally. And do some Van Halen tapping action. Ooh. Some some wah wah. Oh my gosh. Maybe a little whammy bar. Yeah, oh, big fan of the whammy bar. Um, it just feels so good, you know. It feels so right. Yeah. So, so coming from music, uh, it, it seems to be a theme, you know. And a lot of folks that we've had on the show here, myself included, like come from music and then sort of found the web. Um, and it sounds like that's that's what happened with your path as well. I think it's part of the whole like, you know, DIY. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were all just like. You know, we wanted something to exist in the world, and so we just made it happen. Mm. You know, at least for me, that was it was just like this natural progression to go from like making zines at Kinkos to yeah. you know, making websites for the web, and um, and then you know over the years, those websites turned into businesses, and um, yeah, it's. No, I think you're absolutely right. That is, yeah, like designing a seven inch cover. Mm-hmm. To just have it be out there too. And I think that, yeah, I remember seeing the web for the first time. Like, whoa, okay. So everyone, anyone in the world could see this. Um, I think you're right. I think it is the DIY. That was a big deal for me of like, okay, well, there's probably going to be 20 kids in my town are going to see this like show flyer on a, on a telephone mm-hmm. pole. But to make a website and like have like hundreds of thousands or millions of people potentially see this thing is yeah. Yeah. like, that was... It, really hard for me to get my mind wrapped around, you know, back then. That's true. You know, today we kind of take it for granted, but, uh, but that's a very powerful thing, right? Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. You're right. That, that was the fascination that, that drew me in too. Just the fact that you could, you can make something at home by yourself that, that, that anyone can see. It's just so, it's so, uh, intoxicating really. Mm-hmm. So what what uh, what can we wrap up with? I mean, we've got we talked a little bit about stuff that's upcoming with Dribble. We've got a couple hang time events coming up, right? That are yep. that are going to be fun. That you know we'll be at. So obviously, this is obviously a plug for it, but but still, yeah. If people want to come, they can actually you know talk well, to I'll us, be there. And, right? We you'll be there to talk to. Yep, we'll, we'll all be there. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, hang time Seattle is, is coming up in May and then we'll be in LA in October. And, um, and hang time is, is kind of a cool thing too, just to, just to talk 30 more seconds on that is, um, you know, as a remote team, uh, being able to do like a cool little mini design conference and bring, you know, amazing people from the design community, you know, Aaron Draplin or John Contino or, or whoever to come and talk about their experiences and share their stories. Um, and then, you know, to be able to get our remote team together in person and hang out. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty awesome, awesome event. And so the day that the events will all be there. So come talk to us and hang out. We'd love to love to see in person. Yeah, totally. I think you're right. It, it is. Uh, I love that the event sort of fuels our ability to meet as a team too, which is, which is really cool. Uh, yeah. Bringing the remote team together, but yeah, so come out and see us, give us some feedback. And uh, Zach, thanks so much. I know, I literally know that you have busy days, so 
<laughs> so I appreciate uh, appreciate you talking to us and giving us yeah, the thanks. inside scoop on yeah on Zach. Yeah, awesome. No, thanks for having me. I feel very uh, like like I don't uh, stand up against the the amazing designers who've been on here before. But um, but thanks again oh. for having me. Yeah, thanks, Zach. And by the way, that that's not true. You you <laughs> deserve to be here. All right. Well, we can, we can talk. We can talk about uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah, right. That'd be a whole other episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thanks again, man. Thank you. This has been Overtime, Dribble's official podcast. I'm Dan Cedarholm, and thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again. Thanks again.